1: Welcome to Time Masters, a PapiChuloRadio.com original series, PapiChulo Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, June 28th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CWs, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Please welcome my co-host, Professor X. Hello, everyone. And Millie Wood. Hello, everyone. Did I seriously not get a howdy from either of you? How rude. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 6, Episode 8, which was titled Stressed Western, and aired June twenty seventh, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. With everyone finally back together... The legends find themselves looking to Nate to keep everything calm while in the Old West on a mission to find an alien. After trying to keep things normal, Sarah reveals her secret to Ava and the team, leaving them all shocked. Constantine looks to Gary who might have the answer to help his problem. Spooner and Astra are forced to work together despite their clashing personalities, which ultimately helps push them to hone their powers. Meanwhile, Zari takes an unusual interest in Bayrod's personal life. Okay. So they mentioned everybody except for Mick in the story, which, to be quite honest, was Mick even in this episode? Um, yes. Uh, so it was a jam-packed episode, Everyone got something to do. It is our annual uh, Western episode. I feel like we get a Western every season, right? Um, it was Jonah Hex less, uh, but we were still in the Wild Wild West. Uh, so let's talk about it, and let's start off with um, well, let's start off with Ava finding out the truth. <laughs> Uh, so Sarah just ends up blurting out to Ava that she's a alien-human hybrid clone, and let's talk about uh, how it happened and Ava's reaction. Millie.
0: I was I was afraid they were gonna like drag it out, so I'm so glad that they didn't and it was like immediately right at the beginning. Um and it felt very legendy, clunky way that Ava found out. Um and I thought her reaction <laughs> hers was just funny. She, I feel like she kinda took it in stride, is like, Oh, this is this is a little bit okay. Um, and then of course they also don't really process it and try to pretend everything's okay. So it felt very up their alley overall.
1: Professor, what about you? I wanna sort of go, go in a little bit deeper into the storyline. So Uh, Later on, uh, when she proves herself to be um, bulletproof, uh, the rest of the team ends up finding out that uh, she's an uh, alien-human hybrid clone, and they react to it. Uh, Ava, throughout the episode, was trying to act cool, was trying to act cool, was trying to act cool. But then, uh, by the end of it, she's like, well, you aren't normal, this isn't normal, but we aren't normal. Uh, so, Professor, your take on Ava finding out the truth, the team finding out the truth, and then Ava sort of fully processing it by the end of the episode?
2: Well, a uh, great, you know, Legends reveal, because, you know, like Millie, I was afraid this was the sort of thing that, you know, the CW-verse, they do love their secrets and dragging things out for, you know, inordinate lengths of time. So for, her to, for Sarah to just blurt out before the opening credits roll i'm an alien human hybrid clone um it was absolutely you know the way they should have done it uh you know it was the sort of thing that a she wouldn't keep from uh from ava and b it's exactly the way the legend would come out with that i think they did a great job of sort of playing that out you know not knowing the consequences of it you know the uh the cherry fixation uh you know was interesting you know um and you know from ava's point of view you know you know she didn't know you know when you're going to a gunfight you know you know, exactly how much can you regenerate from? I don't know. You know, we'd have to find that out, and we did find out in this episode that she was, in fact, bulletproof. Uh, but, you know, I think from Ava's point of view, it's like, you don't really know the limits of this regeneration ability. Maybe don't go out into a gunfight with this guy until we figured this out. Um, so, I liked it, uh, I, and I liked, you know, how the, the team sort of reacted to it. They said, oh, this is a little weird, but hey, that's just par for the course, right? Uh, and, you know, uh, Ava at the end saying, yeah, you're not normal, I'm not normal, none of this is normal, but hey, that's fine. And I think that's a good message to have. You know, I don't want to make this that, you know, for Pride Month, though, it's, you know, what is normal? You know, normal is, you know, one way of looking at things that, you know, was the way that things were. But, you know, the new normal is that, hey, you do you. Let your freak flag fly if you're going to be an alien, human, human, alien, humid, humid. Oh, my God. I can't get it now. alien, <laughs> human. humid. Hybrid clone, then be the best damn alien-human hybrid clone that you can be. Um, and you know, again, we we talked about that uh, last week in in terms of you know what matters is what's inside. Uh, you know, that she that she is still the Sarah Lance that uh, that you know is a total badass. Uh, and uh, you know, and and that did come out in the episode. So I love the way that they revealed it. Um, I understand her, you know, not necessarily wanting to reveal that to the team. It gave us you know a great comic moment when uh, you know uh, Spooner think she's picking up uh uh, gary because gary is an alien but she's actually picking up uh sarah's thoughts so that was a delightful moment that we got by not having uh her tell the entire team uh but then the team just sort of took it totally and it's oh yeah well that sort of thing happens and and Nate, hey bulletproof buddies you know and the high five and you know him with the enthusiastic high five and the sarah with the entirely distracted high five i thought it was it was very nicely played off uh you know and very true to you know the world that legends has created
1: Mm-hmm. Going back to that moment where Spooner is uh, picking up Gary, in air quotes, and she's like, oh, Gary wants to jump Ava's bones now. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It was spectacular moment of comedy. Loved it, loved it. Uh, let's move over and talk about another duo that was paired up in this episode, and that is uh, the brother-sister duo of... Uh, ...of Bayrod and Zari. So, we got some familial strife in this episode. Uh, um, Zari ends up noticing Bayrod flirting-ish with Astra. Astra doesn't really pick up his game... And, uh yeah, so Zari is basically like, you know, you have a, a certain type, you know, just let me help you, and, you know, my teas and all this kind of stuff, and they sort of go back and forth throughout the episode, because Bayrod starts to flirt with someone in 1891 uh, Oklahoma Territory, and, uh, um... Zari isn't really uh, approving of his techniques and she wants to help and this that, the other it leads to a bit of um it, it just a, a fight between brother and sister in the episode and uh by the end of the episode we have uh we have the siblings sort of coming together uh Millie what you think of uh pairing up uh, Zari and uh, Bayrod in this episode. It's been a moment since we've seen the siblings sort of together. I think the last time we've seen them paired up together where they've really had a storyline together was the, um, the burger one where, you know, it, w- it was sort of a little bit about Bayrod and in his opinion about their relationship. And so now we have, once again, it is sort of about Bayrod again. It's, it's Zari really uh, picking on Bayrod. Uh, what did you think of them together?
0: I just thought it felt a little out of place in terms of, I just like we haven't really had a storyline. Really, I felt like Zari kind of has been in her own world with Constantine. So then all of a sudden that she's picking on Bayrod felt a little out of place. But at the same time, you know that's kind of what older sisters are there for—is to you know nag you when they feel like nagging you. So I guess that could kind of explain that reasoning. So it's nice to see them interact. Um, it just felt weird and a little bit on the judgy side, especially. I don't know I wasn't it's because I'm not a fan of the whole like Bayrod Astra thing. Hopefully that's more just him <laughs> being bored and not wanting to <laughs> be on weed. Um, I just thought it was all kind of kind of weird, but I did like to see them interact. And, and in a episode that is, you know, where we're setting up for a lot of quarrels, it makes sense that you put the brother and sister together and kind of let them duke that out um, and let Zari kind of be a bigger sister for a
1: moment. Okay. Professor? your take on the siblings throughout the episode.
2: I thought it was nice to revisit sibling dynamic, Um, you know, really, you know, falling into the category of, you know, the older sibling and the younger sibling, Uh, you know, the older sibling who knows it all. And, uh, you know, is lecturing, especially, you know, uh, from Zari's point of view, because Zari is not only the older sibling, but the older sibling who's in the good relationship, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. Uh, and is looking at her poor younger brother who's like, oh, poor you, you know, suffering along. You don't have the happiness that I have. Maybe you should just let me help you, Um, which is the sort of thing that you deal with, you know, not just with siblings, but with anyone who's in a happy relationship dealing with someone who's single. Um, So I thought that felt, uh, you know, very true. And, uh, you know, and again, the the two of them are good together. And it's nice to get that sort of bickering sibling dynamic uh, that, as you say, we haven't really had since the burger episode. So it was kind of nice to revisit
1: that, I thought. Speaking of an interesting dynamic, Let's talk about Astra and Spooner, or Spoons, as uh, Zari calls her. Uh, They get paired up together in this episode. Uh, They have had, for the most part, I would say from the beginning, a bit of an antagonistic relationship. You know, they both don't seem to care for the other. And this episode, they had to work together. Um, Spooner's consistently sort of uh, dissing Astra and her magical prowess. Uh, Astra's uh, consistently dissing Spooner and her lack of control of, of her alien powers. But throughout the episode, even though they were, you know, incredibly almost like caustic with each other throughout the episode, they do end up helping each other. And they do end up, Sort of respecting each other. By the end of the episode. Um, uh, Astra ends up. Inspiring Spooner. To really lean into her power. and, And to embrace it. And to use it. In a different sort of way. And Astra is able to really. Gain control of the magic. As well. By the end of the episode. Professor your take on. Pairing both of these characters together, they're both the newbies on the Wave Rider. They haven't had the best relationship. Uh, what'd you think of their dynamic throughout the episode and how they ended up actually helping each other?
2: It was good. It's, it's a fairly standard uh, Legends uh, trick slash trope to take two characters who haven't been together before uh, and stick them together to, you know, see how they they play off of each other. You know, what sparks fly, you know, what chemistry might exist, uh, etc. I thought the, the two of them worked really well together. Spooner is really growing on me. I thought she was great in this episode. Astra is still a bit one note uh, for my taste, uh, but uh, but Spooner seems to be growing and developing. And also, you know, just having that scene where, you know, uh, Astra, you know, leaves the ship to go off and find the gold you know not you know she can get gold it's, it's not about that it's about establishing you know that no one has power over me coming from her background and we got you know them sort of talking about their shared backgrounds which i thought was was surprisingly effective you know there are are a couple of characters that are uh, a bit easier to overlook than others um but seeing them, you know, sort of, you know, bonding to a certain extent and then, you know, really working together at the end to save the day, you know, really works surprisingly well. I, I, I wouldn't have thought that pairing would have worked as well as it did.
1: Millie, you haven't been the biggest Astra fan, but what do you think of Astra and uh, Spooner together? what do you think of Spoons and Astra?
0: You know, what's funny, I was just thinking, because like, she hasn't been as prominent, and then in this episode she was a bit more than I, f- I forgot. Like, oh yeah, I'm not the biggest Astra fan, and some bits of, of her specific storyline I didn't really like, but I did enjoy the pairing of her and Spooner. Um, I just like how Spooner's making the rounds between the legends and making friends with everyone, because so she, she's like the newest outsider, and a little bit of hesitancy, and everything. everyone thinks she's a little bit crazy Crazy, And it's fitting that they're together because they're both kind of struggling with with their powers and trying to how to do that. Um, so I like that they're able to kind of learn from each other and they also both like serve up the sass. So it's nice, like kind of fiery dynamic.
1: So the buddy system was in full effect this episode because the other pairing that was featured in this episode was Constantine and Gary, and their storyline basically had to deal with, you know, the fountain of a, of turnum that, uh, or Eternium that, uh, Constantine is searching for, um, he initially asks Gary about it, and Gary, um, is like, oh, where'd you hear of that, and then sort of denies it, he goes back, once again, Gary denies it, but we see sort of like a, a worried look on his face, um, Constantine does end up telling Gary that he no longer has magic, and that that's why he's looking for it, because he needs to get the magic back, and uh, even though Gary, you know, uh, he ends up sort of giving little bits of information, like initially he's like, it's a myth, but then he's like, okay, it is real, and, uh, you know, it, 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 there is a map, and the map is actually Earth, and uh, Constantine's like, so it's been here all along and you haven't told me, this, that, or the other. And so by the end of the episode, uh, Gary does end up helping Constantine out. He tells him that Aleister Crawley, the man in the painting in his attic, uh, basically knows where the map is. And uh, Gary tells Constantine that if anybody, you know, is going to be able to find it, It will be you. And so by the end of the episode, Constantine, we see him say farewell to Zari because he's going to go on a trek to find this uh, mythical alien fountain that's supposed to, you know, give him his magic back. Millie, talk to me about Constantine and Gary paired up together. What would you think of the storyline? And uh, do you have faith that Constantine will get his magic back?
0: I mean, it's Constantine, so he definitely is going to find a way. But I felt like it was a little bit – it feels convenient. There's, like, this magic fountain that Gary knows about. Uh, But I did like the pairing because, you know, obviously no one's really been around Gary for a while. So it's nice to see him uh, interact with Gary and see how that all kind of works together. At at the same time, though, I felt like Constantine seems a bit too – I don't know. There's something with the way it was played maybe supposed to be – yeah, I don't know, it felt it felt a little off. I felt like everything was a little bit off and, and felt a little forced in order to get the bickering and then to actually have this kind of fighting dynamics. I felt it felt <laughs> a little bit forced overall.
1: Okay, professor, I want to bring you into this conversation. So, Millie felt like the storyline was a little bit forced. Do you agree? Would you think of Constantine and Gary together and uh, Constantine's sort of quest for this mythical, mystical, magical fountain?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, obviously, it's necessary for Constantine to get his powers back or, or some form of magical power back because, you know, that so defines who he is as a character and as a person, um, you know, and then having, you know, you can't have him just get it. You know, you can't just have him at the beginning of the episode. Oh, well here it is the magical map so you know this is obviously setting up you know a side quest for john uh you know to be you know off the wave rider doing his own thing uh you know and then coming back together with them uh as he will and um you know and and so you know the conflict with gary was basically just you know to serve that you know it gave them you know a you know a way to you know Set up a pairing in the same way that all of the other pairs were bickering with each other. Uh, that gave John someone to bicker with, you know, in service of the larger story that he's dealing with. So, yeah, it was a little forced, but I didn't mind it that much.
1: Let's talk about Nate. So, Nate wasn't really paired up with anybody, but he was sprinkled throughout the episode. And uh, there was a moment where he was letting out his rage to lure the alien. And he mentioned something that I think we all sort of, I mean, we, we, we think about it, but we sort of forget it because we, we are sort of, we're used to Zari 2.0, we enjoy Tala Ash as Zari 2.0, uh, but Nate does end up referencing the fact that, uh, you know, everyone seems to be happy, everyone is hooking up and uh, falling in love, getting engaged, and he's there by himself, you know, his, you know, love had to go inside of a totem, and by the end of the episode, we had some resolution to that, because uh, Bayrod presents Nate with both of the totems, uh, his sisters and his, uh, you know, because remember, they split the totems so they can both have the powers, and uh, he said, you know, go and visit Zari, you know, and You know, do whatever you need to do and just, you know, bring it back when you're done using the totems. Which was interesting. Like, we didn't see Tala Ash playing Zari 1.0, but clearly the writers are now establishing that Nate can visit Zari whenever. Does that fix a Nate problem with the series? You know, Nate, you know, had to accept the fact that Zari... 1.0 1.0 is in the totem. That Zari 2.0 is there, and Heavens has a line. You know, you're great. It's nothing against you. Yada yada, which was nice to hear. Uh, but they they did have a bit of a problem with Nate. You know, because everyone is getting paired up for the most part. Uh, you know, even Mick has uh, you know Kayla. And so Nate is kind of by himself. And uh, they unfortunately, they being the writers, wrote out and then completely changed uh, the character that was playing um, his girlfriend on the series. Does this fix an issue with Nate, Professor? <laughs>
2: I don't know if it fixes an issue so much as you know. I, I don't think you'd want Nate to just get over it and, and go find someone else because if that was the love of his life, you know, he, he would you know feel you know that sense of loss. Uh, like you, I did love the fact that when he was doing that, uh, you know, the the sort of comically blowing up at everyone, uh, you know, when he was doing it to to Zari, he did have the no, it, making it very clear that no, I'm just you know playing this. No, you're wonderful. I just love the way he did that, and the sort of the you know, the under voice uh, was really nicely done. Uh, but yeah, I I, I don't think it's necessarily a problem uh for nate um i think it's more just you know giving him a resolution so you know we're not thinking about that because we have had a couple of references to that you know um uh, both last season and this season uh, of Nate trying to get over that. And you know, they've had to sort of drop in a couple of times. Nate saying, No, I'm I'm over that. I know that you're not uh my Zari. It's okay. I'm I'm fine with that. Um and and let's not forget he was, you know, sort of, you know, blowing up for the sake of, of blowing up to to get angry enough to lure out the uh uh the aliens so uh you know it's not that he necessarily believed these things uh necessarily he was just you know venting for the sake of venting Uh, i did notice one interesting thing about that which is that you know one reason why um you know they, they don't steal him up very often like have him use his power is that apparently it's such an expensive effect and i noticed that this episode um you know his steal is a very different uh very different from how it looked it's a much sort of uh dull gray rather than shiny and i would guess that's a very uh, a cheaper way to uh uh to render him because you don't have to worry about reflections and stuff like that so i'm wondering if we might see more of uh of steeled up nate going forward if they have out a cheaper way to do his power
1: very interesting i always thought that uh well speaking of steel, like I thought he was gonna steal up and like get eaten and then like you know burst through the worm. like I thought that was the plan. but then, I,
2: I think that's what he was planning on doing, but then uh, the others showed up and, and dispatched it their way.
1: Yes, yes yes yes. Um, yeah, but that was interesting. I did notice that the effect was different and I wasn't sure if it was because it was nighttime, but maybe it was a change that you know just ended up happening. Uh, you know, to make the process cheaper, which does totally make sense. I mean, it is uh, you know network television show. Um, it's on a budget. Okay, so uh, let's discuss the actual theme of the episode. So it is, as I mentioned, it's the annual Western episode. It is directed by Arrowverse All Star David Ramsey. He played uh, Diggle over on Arrow. He does get a, 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 a role in the episode. It's not Diggle, but there is a little wink and a nod to that. We also got another actor that we saw earlier this season playing a different role. I don't know if anyone recognized Nick Bishop as Levi Stapleton. I'm guessing not. Well, he played the general back in the um the Bay of Pigs episode and they killed him in both episodes in a very similar way he had a rocket land on him and he had the alien slug thing you know basically land on top of him too to eat him of uh, which was brilliant of uh, from what i've read He is going to appear, or he he was going to appear a couple times this season. I don't know if there's one more appearance, but if they end up killing him with something either landing on top of him or coming up from the ground and killing him, I mean, the gag is spectacular. Uh, I mean, if they end up doing that. Uh, From what I've read online, and I haven't found any official confirmation about this, but uh, because of COVID... And and that sort of thing, um, they they did end up getting spouses or partners of some of the cast to play characters. And uh, allegedly, Nick Bishop is in a relationship with Jess McAllen. Um, Annalyn McCord, uh, many people recognize her from the 90210 reboot. She played Irma Rose, and she has a romantic history with uh, Dominic Purcell. Uh, I believe they recently rekindled the romance. So uh, she was featured in the episode. So uh, I I just thought that was interesting uh, nonetheless. Uh, What did we think of the Western uh, motif? What did we think of David Ramsey in the episode? Uh, You know, just everything Western in in the episode, Billy?
0: I mean, only the legends can do, like, a reoccurring Western and make it outrageously funny each time. Um, I think that, like, it's nice that they had Dave Ramsey, like, a small, didn't. You know, I was in the larger part, but I like how they just kind of had him pop in. Um, I love the, like, kind of meta moment, I guess, because he's not supposed to be recognizable if Sarah kind of questioning, you know, this dig. Um, So that was a fun little kind of shout out there. But overall, it was nice. I thought that, like, everyone's Western accents were going to be a little off, but... As always, it's spot on. I don't know why I, I doubt that, but it was nice. And I really enjoyed I don't know, doing an interview with David Ramsey, kind of the homage that he paid to other Westerns. And you can see that in some of the shots uh, that are really reminiscent of that as well. So it was like, well shot, and they really worked on like, carrying the theme throughout.
1: Yeah, totally. I read an interview with him, uh, when was it? A couple weeks back, where he was just discussing you know, coming back and directing a couple of the different Arrowverse shows and you know he talked about how cinematic Superman and Lois was and and when he went on the legend set they basically were like everything you've learned about anything else forget it (laughs) you know throw it out the window we're wild we are crazy we are wacky basically anything goes and so he said that it was a completely different experience than anything he's ever done before, directing-wise, directing Legends of Tomorrow. Um Something that I noticed in the episode that I thought was really interesting, and, and it was a teeny tiny little thing, so props to, you know, whomever's in charge of continuity, whoever's in charge of casting. But uh, in previous Westerns where we had, like, Zari 1.0, she always dressed up as, uh like, you know, a a cowboy, a cowgirl, you know, she would, you know, wear, you know, the typical cowpoke type of outfit. And this time around, because it's Zari 2.0, we had her dressed as a damsel, which I thought was an interesting sort of nod that this is a different character. You know, she isn't going to be wearing what Zari 1.0 war you know she she had her own style and flair i thought that was a really interesting thing uh, professor your take on david ramsey his directing um you know everything about the western aspect
2: Uh you know i like that touch that you mentioned about uh, zari i hadn't noticed it but uh you're right because zari 1.0 would have dressed one way and zari 2.0 would dress a different way and you know again just sort of you know Subtly, no, not drawing attention to it, not saying anything about it, but subtly drawing attention to the difference between these two characters uh, is, uh, you know, is, is a very effective trick. Um, you know, I love the fact that they they find a way to do a western uh, every season. Uh, I want to pitch a new show. Uh, you know, when Legends finally wraps up, it's going to be called Sarah Lance wears a cowboy hat. Uh, and that's pretty much the whole show, and I think it'll get lots of viewers. Uh, occasionally, you know, Ava might come in wearing a hat. Occasionally, Spooner might come in wearing a hat. But mainly, it's just going to be Sarah Lance wearing a cowboy hat, because I think, really, that's what America needs right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and drinking so, milkshakes. Uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, uh, David Ramsey did a great job of, of directing it. It was a fun episode to do. And I think, you know, when you've got the, uh, the Legends characters uh, or the actors playing it, they're so used to playing their characters in this environment and sort of having them – flip the script on them a little bit because you know there's there's almost the meta in joke of yeah we're doing this for the fourth or fifth time it's another western episode yeah yeah we've we've been through this before we know it's gonna be like for them to then go into this saloon where everything is different uh is really funny uh you know a that it's just a funny conceit the fact they're in this you know ned flanders ish uh, kind of old western saloon, but then to uh, you know have the the legends react to that because you know they're used to going back to the west, but this is not the west they're used to going back to. Uh, I thought it was you know just a, a really cute way to set it up that wouldn't have been the same if they were just going back the first time, but because they've gone back repeatedly, you know they sort of expect they know what they're going to encounter, uh, and then to have things change so abruptly, you know, works all the better uh, because this is their fourth or fifth time going to the old west.
1: Totally, totally, you know the. Um you know, incredibly sanitized (laughs) edition of the Old West was uh, fantastic. Uh, And, yeah, Sarah's line, it was something like, you know, this is weird. Like, it was fantastic. Uh, Okay, Uh, let's talk about the alien of the episode. What did we think of the giant uh, alien sand worm that uh, apparently poops out gold? Uh, what did we think of uh, the creature and how the the town reacted to it? Because initially we thought it was just the sheriff that, um, you know, the sheriff that was originally an outlaw, took over and uh, the, was in control of uh, the worm. Uh, Sort of. Although the worm uh, basically feeds off of anger, is attracted, lured in, with uh, whenever there's um, any sort of uh, you know fight or or um, just any anger. Period. Uh, We initially thought he was in control of the worm, but then it was the town. The town loves the gold that the worm ends up um, creating. Uh, Did we enjoy that twist, Professor?
2: uh i did i like the fact that they're going after a different type of alien this time because so instead of going or after a humanoid alien or something like that this is you know clearly a different class of alien uh for them to go after you know the idea of it you know shitting out gold um is is not that far-fetched because as it's burrowing through and you know consuming stuff then it might just be excreting the gold as something that it can't absorb so it actually kind of makes a strange sort of biological sense um it also set up you know uh you know, a line where I'm sure the, uh, the writers were just pang themselves in the head, where uh, Spooner and Astra are looking at it, and Spooner says, uh, you know, uh, it's excreting the gold out of it, and then stops, and then Astra comes in and says, but, da-da-da-da. So, you know, they got to put in the line, it's excreting out of its butt by splitting it between two characters.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, God. What a ridiculous show. It's spectacular in every single Way possible, yes. I, I can't even. Millie, there was a recurring motif throughout the episode. Uh, we had a singing narrator. What'd you think of him? Uh, it was a gag that lasted until the very tail end of the episode.
0: I'm sad that the legend didn't keep him. Come on, Ava, oh, You wanted I to keep him? need a little fun. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's, it's like such a... is so ridiculous but like the legends pull it off and I think that uh it just added a little bit of even more humor than I guess you really need in this it's somewhat humorous episode but even especially because they're they're bickering like everyone's bickering that no one can really add that levity so it's nice to have the narrator and it's just ridiculous and uh his songs are a little bit catchy so I definitely give him an a plus on that
1: and what was interesting about that is that it is a western like motif like not that every western has sort of like a a singing narrator but i mean there have been westerns that have been musicals where there is sort of like a narrator singing the song and that sort of thing so it was appropriate uh, for the theme and it's something that they had never featured before when they've done a western like typically when they've done a western it's it's been more so like a much more serious type of Western feel. Um, usually Jonah Hex is involved. This was the first uh, Jonah Hex-less. Um, I feel like it's the first one without Jonah Hex. I feel like he is always in the Western ones. So uh, because they took this uh, Western and gave it a lighter touch than they have in the past, they were able to include something as redonkulous as the um, the singing uh, narrator, which I will say I was giving him the squinty eyes in the beginning. Cause I was like, is he in control of all of this? Like, is, is, is singing, is he the alien? Is his singing, you know, because he's narrating it? Like, is that what's like changing everyone's opinion about stuff? Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if that's the route that they were going to go. Clearly it went a very different route. Uh, professor, your thoughts on the singing narrator, were you suspicious of him as I was?
2: I wasn't suspicious of him at the beginning because, as you say, it's such a trope of uh, of, of old Westerns that there's the singing cowboy who explains everything. Um, I did find it a little interesting that, you know, uh, when he was singing before the, the gunfight, he knew Sarah Lance's name. That made me. You know, a little suspicious because I didn't know whether, you know, anyone would have mentioned it to him. Um, I love the, you know, and then at the end of the episode where he's showing up and just sort of wrapping everything up. And I was and that's where I was like really going, what the hell is going on here? Is he a <laughs> magical being? Is he is this Gideon in some way? And then, no, it's the ultimate legends thing you have to have him simply walk in and go, no, we can't have our own singing cowboy. Put him back. Just uh, what, what a great resolution to that. I mean, the absolute silliness of it, and then finding a way to put a hat on a hat in the best way possible. Um, uh, it, uh, was great.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, okay, so was there anything that I missed? A teeny tiny little moment? Anything that we haven't discussed that either of you would like to chat about?
2: Uh, I have two things. One, I've already pitched my show about Sarah Lance wears a cowboy hat. Um, But so when she got shot in the head, of course, that ruined her hat. And I'm thinking, oh, no, then she picked up the sheriff's hat and it looked even better. How is this possible? Katie lost has like magical hat powers that uh, that the likes of us cannot possibly begin to understand. Uh, my other thing was uh, just a little, yes, again, I've, I've mentioned before that sometimes Legends does, you know, they have, uh, you know, little things going on in the background of the scene that really pay when you're like paying ca- a careful attention to the background or when you're watching on a second viewing. Uh, in this one, they had, you know, um, uh, oh, when Bayrod did something and then they had Zari's voice come in and, you know, clearly a, uh, you know, an ADR line, you're so dumb. Uh, but my favorite was at, right at the end so they have uh, uh ava and sarah hugging mm-hmm. and then gary comes in for the hug and uh, and ava goes gary, gary this is inappropriate get away and then they cut away to the next you know scene which is the wide shot of that and nate giving the thumbs up that everything's fine and and as everything is you know relaxing in sarah and ava going for their hug again and gary goes in for the hug again and again you can just hear ava going gary and the background, again, I, I it. it's just, you know, so putting the first joke in, which is fine, but then going back to it and getting the payoff of the callback is just, it's such a Legends thing.
1: Yeah, it was spectacular. I noticed that as well. It was hilarious. Uh, the show, the spinoff that you want to do, the Sarah Lance wears a hat, can't she be drinking milkshakes with the hat on? Um,
2: I think drinking milkshakes would get tedious after a while, whereas Sarah Lance wearing a hat, I think, is just solid all the time. Uh, Maybe she could have a different beverage every episode, or arcs of beverages.
1: Okay, sounds good. As long as they're cherries. I think cherries have to be involved, based off of her dietary restrictions. Um, I just want to add that the VFX that they used for the bullet hole uh, in her head was really good, uh, you know. Props to the TV budget gods because they were able to pay for that VFX because it looked real, gnarly, gross, and amazing all at the same time. It was fantastic. Alright, so now it is time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode. Ugh. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Professor, who's your MVP and why?
2: Obviously, I'm tempted to give it to Sarah's hat, but there were two of them, so I can't really give it to just one. I'd, I'd feel bad about that. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Nate. You know, Nate often doesn't get a lot to do, um, but uh, he, uh, you know, he has some great lines. We mentioned the one that he had with. Uh, uh, with uh, Zari 2.0 uh, was really nicely done. Uh, you know, the fact that he had come up with a plan to save the day, which was, you know, get eaten by the alien, bust out from the inside. Um, the scene where he was, uh, you know, telling uh, Spooner and Astro what to do. And they said, can you even do that? And, and he's, his self-aware comment is, yeah, I know. It didn't feel right to me either. Um, I, it just, it really, really good. Uh, you know, uh, he, uh, he's, he's one of those characters that, you know, again, as I said before, they've said it's because they gave him such an expensive power to use that he doesn't use it very often. Uh, but to get him to be, you know, uh, really smart, really funny. And also he got the payoff at the end that he's going to go get, get to visit his boo in Totem World. Um, and I don't think we need to go there and see that, um, much that so I'd love to see Zari 1.0. But it's nice that, you know, uh, you know Hank got, uh, you know, a, a good ending, you know, and, 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 you know, maybe some resolution to his pining over Zari.
1: Shout out to Totem World. Millie, you're MVP NY.
0: Well, as a professor didn't pick, I guess I'll have to pick Sarah's hat. Um, no, I would have to pick Sarah overall. I, the hat was cool. <laughs> um, it was nice to see her, you know, back with the team fully and her taking lead, um, doing the, the shoot down, shoot off with, with the sheriff and all that. And just kind of her, her arc with Ava and not hiding secrets. I mean, I give big props cause that's a common theme on Arrowverse. And overall, it's good to see her back with everybody. So have to go to Sarah.
1: Great choice. I'm going to give it to Bayrod. I liked him throughout the episode. I loved the subtle comedy with him, you know, thinking that he, you know, was getting his flirt on, you know, with Astra and with, uh, you know, the local uh, Fist City girl. Of, yeah, and I liked his dynamic a lot with... with um, with Zari, like I, uh, you know, it, it'd been a moment since we really seen them be brother and sister together, and him reacting to. Um to Zari being just an incredibly overbearing sister in this episode was pitch perfect. I also, just a little side note, the whole passion tea thing <laughs> throughout the whole thing because like that's been um, Zari's uh, shtick this season is like, you know, the, the cleanses and we started off, like the professor was talking about gags like the whole gag throughout the entire episode about the teas and like the passion tea and all that kind of stuff was fantastic I give props to the writers for that Um, so yeah so I'll give it to him this episode now it's time to rate the episode how would you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten wave riders the point system is allowed and if you found the episode exceptional deserving of more than a 10 you may grant it the coveted golden wave rider Millie Wood how would you rate this episode
0: I think I'd have to give it 8.8 8 Wave Riders. It was enjoyable. I, like I said, for, like, Legends does how to do a Western, and David Ramsey did a great job. But I felt like there were some points that just felt forced. Uh, but overall, just I think that it being Legends kind of made it work for the most part and still made it a fun, enjoyable episode to watch.
1: I do wonder how Millie comes up with her calculations. I wonder if she watches the episode and immediately she's like 8.8. 8. Or if she like stays up all night and like does calculations, like okay, there was too much of this, so minus a point. There was a, there was a little too much of that, you know, minus a point five. Like it's you know it's interesting, Millie. Am I right? Her
2: spreadsheet is available on WikiLeaks.
1: I know, right? You know, you will have to release your spreadsheets. Do you do like you know calculations? Do you use Excel for for this.
0: It is a secret. No oh. one will ever know. Oh.
1: Yeah, it'll go to her grave.
0: <laughs> there uh, is a calculator involved. Oh, for real? No. Oh, okay.
1: No, I... <laughs> I'll believe it. I'll believe it, Professor. How how would you rate this episode? Calculator is not included.
2: Uh, I'll go a little higher, just a uh, a tiny bit. I'll give it nine out of ten. I mean, it was just another typically brilliantly funny, stupidly wonderful episode of uh, of Legends that you know it can, you know makes you laugh, makes you cry. Uh, Makes you wonder why. Uh, It was great. Uh, But uh, it was, you know, the problem is that, you know, some of the Legends episodes have been so spectacular. They really do set the bar high. Um, So uh, I'll give it a 9 out of 10.
1: And I'll bump it up just a tiny bit. I'll give it a 9.5. I really enjoyed the episode. It's incredibly rewatchable. It was hella fun. And everyone was just firing on all cylinders. Like, it's just a fantastic episode of Legends of Tomorrow. And on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Time Masters. Here's our announcer, Gidget, to remind you on how you can interact with us.
2: Thank you, Captain. Follow Papicielo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Papicielo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at Papituloradio.com. Are you interested in joining the Papicielo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at papicieloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Papicielo Radio programs by visiting papicieloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Time Masters and subscribe. Back to you my captain.
1: Thanks, Gidget. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with the professor.
2: Good night, listeners, and don't forget to check out my new YouTube series, Sarah Lance Wears a Hat.
1: Oh, I love it. And Millie Wood.
0: Good night, listeners. If you want to follow along with me and talk about Sarah Lance's hat, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd
1: spectacular. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Time Masters every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Papichula Radio archives. A quick programming note, uh, The CW will not be airing a new episode of uh, Legends this upcoming Sunday, so we will return in two weeks. Uh, good night, everybody.